Welcome to the Upside Down Podcast, where ordinary women have exhausted their belief in the up and down promises of culture and are here to share the sigh of relief they've found in the upside down kingdom of God, tackling topics personal to their individual stories. Some of my dearest friends join me, Andrea Lynn Chartier, to show how God uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise and the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Cause I've gone up and I've gone down Exhausting belief in what seems renowned is true So before we begin today's episode, I have to add a little bit of a caveat about the audio quality. I accidentally did not fully properly set up my high-tech mic, which we thought we were recording from, leaving the whole episode to be recorded from my laptop mic, which is not near as effective. And yes, the episode got to be in person, which is amazing, other than the fact that both of our voices were impacted. The vast majority of these episodes will be recorded online because people are from all sorts of places, so there may be technological glitches in the future. But I wanted to let you know that in general, it will get better moving forward. And I super appreciate your grace and understanding here. But I trust that you will not be hindered. Oh, and look at that. There's even a siren in the background. Thank you to my husband for that. Could be him. (laughs) Anyway, I trust you'll be able to appreciate everything in this episode. You won't be hindered. Lord, I pray. And I'll let you enjoy now. Thanks. Hi friends, it is so good to have you with us listening today. I have a dear friend of mine here. Her name is Kaylin Wong. Well, I almost did her maiden name. Ready to correct. Yes. She was a childhood best friend of mine, really. We were pretty inseparable through elementary school, which is why I defer to her maiden name. I'm working on the correction. So she, like I said, has been a close friend since I was a child, but one of those special friendships where I think over the years, just been able to remain close to one another's hearts. We have grown up to be quite similar in a lot of ways, which is really, really cool and comforting. And we've had a chance to bond today a bit over that. And we were saying how it's a childhood friend can kind of know you in ways that no one else can. And I really treasure that. But most importantly, she is a woman who fears the Lord and she just radiates the joy of Christ and consistently pursues his heart, which is why we're just so fortunate to be able to hear from her today. So our topic, the title is Giving Up on Gold. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to speak a bit towards how the race of best or being the best doesn't satisfy. And the call from God to give that up and finding rest in his upside down kingdom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you would be willing to just share a bit of your relationship with this topic and Shed some light on that. For sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm super excited. And before we even begin here, Andrea and I were just talking and talking through some of the things that we were going to discuss and just saying how this topic, as much as God calls us to share it with others, my goodness, are we, (laughs) we are working on this ourselves. And so Mm -hmm. anything I speak, I speak out of a place of learning and Mm -hmm. a place of still growing And I am by no means an expert on these (laughs) topics. I am a funnel for God Mm. to use to share with others. So yeah, if that can be peace to anyone, I do not have this stuff figured out. Um, God is just helping me. And in that, I want to be able to help others. So 
Yeah, so giving up on gold. This has been something that's kind of been on my heart as of lately. And even I am a youth leader of grade 10 girls and something that I see them even struggling with and something that I've been struggling with. I did grow up with two older brothers. I've married into a lot more brothers, but... Um, <laughs> what a win. Yeah, seriously, so many brothers. And Rachel, I love you, Rachel. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, and I think naturally just competitive. I enjoyed sports. I enjoyed music. And so I think... I mean, competitiveness is not a bad thing at all, especially I think as a child, it's, it comes out of just a natural sense of wanting to have fun and probably win. And (laughs) that's probably some human nature as well, but just was a very competitive person. And, um, as I grew up, especially into high school, I found, and I think this is heavily focused, even with being a young woman Mm. was wanting to be seen and be noticed by others and, wanting to be valuable in the eyes of others and so for me that ended up being a desire to want to be the best at everything I did whether that was sports whether that was music grades whatever it was even like looks wanting to be the most thin or the most athletic or whatever that was I really had a hard time seeing other people succeed in the areas that I wanted to be noticed in and the areas that I wanted to be best in and I mean whether it was my soccer chats for provincials that I was booted from the time I was never accepted to the team. That was a hard thing for me at that time because I saw that as something that I could define myself by. Mm. If I said, hey, I made the provincial soccer team, that sounded really cool and a lot cooler than saying, hey, I tried out for the provincial soccer team and ended up not making it. So yeah, that was something, especially in the high school years, that I just found really tricky. And I mean, social media was a whole nother ballgame. I don't know when Instagram got to be a cool thing, but I'll maybe age myself by saying yeah, right. I'm not old. But I just remember getting into Instagram even, and that just opened up a whole new comparison level. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just my high school friends anymore that I had to try to compare myself to and be better than, but it was literally the entire world Mm -hmm. at my disposal. And so I just found that not only could I not win in my own sphere of people around me in high school, but there was a whole new level of people that I was comparing myself to and just honestly failing to live live up to what I saw in their lives. And so I think it was just that much more honestly depressing like that much more frustrating and I felt that much more invaluable just being able to see everyone else's lives and successes and feeling like oh wow I have a lot of ways to be better yeah and so it just got really tiring and yeah so that's kind of my story and all this and I don't know I'll go with the good of it (laughs) yeah (laughs) what I have learned and what God is showing me now is just teaching me that I can never, ever win when I'm comparing myself with other people Mm. by the standards of the world. And that is the big thing, is the standard of the world is just so... Yeah, it's a lose-lose situation. (laughs) I'm sorry. It is. It's just an impossible feat to be perfect in every way. It's impossible to be the best in everything. And I think God's really just been showing me my intrinsic value in Him Mm. and how... He has already called me valuable. I don't need to be seen as valuable in the eyes of other people. And as I said before, it's tiring to try to be seen in the eyes of other people because quite honestly, everyone else is trying to be seen in the eyes of other people. And no one is watching me to try to say, oh, yes, 
good, Kaylin is now at the point of being valuable. Um, Whereas God has created us, he said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He has called us already valuable. He says that we are already special in his eyes. And so that's something that he continues to remind me of. I definitely wake up some days and think, oh my goodness, I do not have my life together. I fell off the road at some point and I don't know how to get back on. Or, wow, I'm scrolling through Instagram and this girl is just gorgeous and she's perfect. She has the dream job and she doesn't even have to work for goodness sake. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, I just have days, honestly, that are definitely harder than others. But God is just continuing to remind me that he sees me as valuable. And matter of fact, his measure is so not of the world. And he uses our weaknesses, what we see as weaknesses, what we see as failures for his good Mm -hmm. and his glory. And in fact, it's not about me being valuable. God challenged me actually when I was a youth leader and I was in this time of just really battling wanting to be significant in myself. Mm -hmm. And I felt him say to me, Kaylin, do you want others to look and become like you? Or do you want others to become like Jesus and more like Jesus? Are you pointing them towards just yourself and your way of living? Or are you pointing them towards me? And I was so challenged by that. And I thought, oh my goodness. Well, I have not been doing that, but that's probably a good idea. And how, yeah, how it's not about living a life that others are like, wow, one day I want to be like Kaylin. Yeah. It's living a life that one day people say, wow, I want to be more like Jesus. And it's so cool how Kaylin lives a life that reflects Jesus. And so that was a big eye-opening thing for me as well. Yeah, it shifts the focus from you to like you pointing them towards Mm -hmm. seeing more of Jesus. And And that can be so hard because we do want everything to be about us. But (laughs) but that's the opposite of what God has called us to. Yeah, Um, He's called us to reflect Him and to lead others and guide others to Himself. So, yeah. Well, thank you. For sharing just like some of your lessons in this so far and convicting us already. Well, me at least, I guess I can only speak <laughs> for myself. Yeah, right. Myself. Yeah, convicting the both of us. Yeah, I love the challenge you shared there. Do I want people to be like me or to be like God? Mm-hmm. I think that touched on an undercurrent of this pressure in society to conform others to our own image, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think that is and why do you think that really exists? For sure. I think that... Naturally, within our human nature, we are very self-focused, self-centered, straight-up selfish sometimes, myself included, as I've said before. And I think when we're feeding ourselves of the things of the world, especially over the things of God, that we can get caught up in the measures and the values of the world. Mm -hmm. And when I say the world or when we say society, we're meaning just God calls us to be countercultural and Mm -hmm. to not get caught up in the things of the world because Essentially, they don't lead to eternal things, right? So, and the values of the world often are our looks, our talents, having a lot of money, even fame, wanting to be noticed by others. And so all these things are actually not what God calls of us. He even says the first will be last and the last will be first, saying that we need to, above all, be humble, be humble and not try to put ourselves above other people. And so I think that this pressure to conform others to our own image comes from selfishness. And I think just the example of a lot of what's going on on social media right now, we obviously are noticing 
the people that have the most followers, that have the most likes. You feel like, wow, that person must be so valuable. Look how many millions of followers they have. Like, I want to be like them. And so I think that naturally we think, oh, if others are wanting to be like me, then I've reached the level that I can be considered valuable. Right. Like we have statistics of that. It's like Mm -hmm. numbers. So Mm -hmm. you can so directly compare to have something so intangible Mm -hmm. somehow presented to you in that way, right? To convince you, oh no, I have this much influence or I don't, Mm -hmm. right? And they have this much influence and it's just such a cruel system, honestly, in (laughs) its own way. Instagram for taking away numbers of likes, but oh my goodness, it was always like, look at how many likes this person has. For sure. Look, Look how many people like them. And I think even though we say, I don't care how many people like my my posts or whatever. We do put value on those numbers and how many people notice us, especially, obviously, when we're battling with feeling valued or not feeling valued, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I was just wanting to speak more about the whole social media aspect of that, mm-hmm. how evident it is, particularly in Instagram, but all of the various platforms How do you think we can interact with or steward these platforms in ways that protect us from falling victim to this be me cycle? Mm -hmm, Yeah, what are your thoughts? So I will be the first to admit that I am still learning. (laughs) I am learning balance. That's thematic here. I know. (laughs) I am learning. If you get nothing else from this podcast, right? I am learning all these things. But with social media, there are definitely some practical strategies. I know. Andrea, you've done some of these things too at certain times in your life where mm-hmm. you just felt social media was not leading you down a healthy road. Even like ruminating thoughts, if you're thinking about it a lot negatively, like because of what you're following, what you're looking at, I find it really helpful sometimes to just take a hiatus yeah. from Instagram, from social media, whatever it is, TikTok. I know that that's a cool thing. Sorry, guys. Right, right. right. I can't not dance, hip so to it yet. <laughs> and for everyone watching um but yeah so I think just some practical strategies are for myself what I've done I have at points completely deleted accounts just because I felt that I was living life almost for the purpose of presenting my life in a certain way that seemed cool or seemed like something that others wanted to be like right and so I've deleted it all together That is not always the answer. I believe that you can be godly in your social media and having social media. So some other strategies. So temporary deleting it might be a good thing. And I think Mm -hmm. also... Yeah, that was my approach. For sure. And I think that can be super helpful sometimes just when you're spending a lot of... I think just assessing how much time to you're putting into it and how much mental focus. Like, I mean, we can all... We're probably all the first to notice when we are on yeah. our phones. And much. now they give us those like totally. statistics. The when you like get it and, and it's like, you have increased your daily like yeah, by 20%. I know, You're like, I'm just oh. like, oh no. <laughs> okay, Lord, <laughs> speaking to me it's now. So bad. But yeah. thank you, iPhone. That is a good reminder. Yeah, it's good. It's good. For sure. It's so good. And I think a big thing is just being aware of who you are following to. Mm. I think just like as a young woman, I really focus on following people who I want to be like and people who Mm. I look up to people who I'm encouraged by not people who I leave feeling like oh my goodness I don't measure up to that person and yes that is partially an internal conflict that I need to sort out (laughs) but help yourself out and delete yeah Yeah. like use the tools available to you Yeah. yeah when I just went off temporarily even it was so much of a 
I just know that I don't have the moral or personal strength right now Mm -hmm. to combat the lies that this is making me susceptible to. Mm -hmm. And so just being like, that would be great if I could, but do you know what? I'm just going to give myself space to be able to be at a better place to receive Mm -hmm. it and steward it well when I return to it. And that's the same as who you're following and all of that. You're just... Yeah, helping yourself out. There's Totally, rather than like forcing yourself to daily battle against yeah. jealousy or envy, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a workout. Like if I'm like, oh, I really want to be able to lift this amount of weight. I don't just do it if I can't mm-hmm. actually sustain yeah. that strength, right? That's going to cause more injury than if you gradually build mm-hmm. up capacity. Totally, anyway, or eventually bad. you get to the point where you're so... You understand your values so much that you're like, I'm not even jealous of these people anymore. Then sure, follow them back if you really care about their lives. But yeah, uh, yeah. so I found it really helpful to unfollow some of those people. Not that they're bad people or anything by that measure, but it's just sometimes healthy to set your own personal boundaries, I think, with that. Mm -hmm. And I actually personally follow a lot of just Christian women. I find it obviously more relatable. Christian men are awesome too. I hate (laughs) one. (laughs) But obviously I find it relatable to follow Christian women who are leaders in their churches and their families, have husbands, have children. I do not have children, but, you know, just have healthy relationships in general. And that's who I follow because I want to learn from them. And so I think it's not about having to totally not be involved with social media, but just being aware of what your motivation behind it are you posting pictures so that others think you are quote unquote cool (laughs) or think your life is awesome or are you posting pictures because you're wanting to encourage people and know what sometimes you can simply be posting a picture because you think it's just fun yeah I think it yeah I think I am a goofy person I think Jesus was an awesome fun person like he was a lot of other deep things but I think he honestly would have been a funny yeah, person. Yeah, it would have been really great. Like he had joy, yeah. Jokes so, and like, totally. he was someone everyone wanted to hang out with, yeah. right? We forget that sometimes. For sure, yeah. So I think that that's totally a fair motivation to have. But I think like for me with my Instagram, I even was talking to Andrea about this, just like enjoying moments and not mm-hmm. like if you are every day saying, oh, what can I take a picture of today that is like, good enough or how can I maybe I should go do something today so I can take a nice picture so I can document it and improve my totally I don't I would have to disagree with that motivation yeah I just think personally I've learned that enjoying the moments and sometimes even not taking a picture yeah like disciplining yourself to that like I'm just gonna I'm gonna have this moment for me and maybe the person I'm with yeah and just treasure that and I never shared that with anyone and Mm -hmm. oh no (laughs) it's it's a weird mindset to get out of it totally is like oh my goodness I have so many like Instagram worthy pictures of my phone (laughs) but they're not posted on Instagram like what yeah so anyway I think that's another good and healthy practical thing to just be aware of so a lot of it is just self-assessing yeah truly just are you going away from instagram feeling terrible about yourself and maybe delete it at least like temporarily delete the app so you're not on it and you can just assess like why am i feeling that way yeah and your motivation for going there are you going on it and you're encouraged after great that's Mm -hmm. awesome but i just find from what i hear of as a youth leader and personally with sisters with whatever um with friends that a lot of people do leave feeling discouraged Mm -hmm. and so that's what we're trying to move away from here yeah we're gonna (laughs) go against the grain there be intentional about it yeah yeah Yeah, so then there's this whole aspect, too, of Mm people-pleasing, which I feel like is a different angle of this and Mm -hmm. something I know we both relate to, unfortunately, unfortunately, in some ways, (laughs) I guess. And that has a negative connotation, but it's often rooted in a really pure motivation to care for others. 
How do you navigate finding that sweet spot mm-hmm. of health in there? Yeah. So this is something it's funny. So Andrea and I both married guys who are very, <laughs> they process things. They're very like factual based, yeah. which like we love. It is a good balance. There's a reason we chose them. <laughs> yeah. We need them. We do. Yeah. And they need us. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Amen. Um, yeah. God has put us together for a good reason. Mm. And so my husband is so good at not caring what other people think. Like, I love that yeah, about him. Family, I think yeah. he is amazing for that. And so he has really challenged me and kind of brought me back to thinking, Kaylin, like, why, why are you feeling you need to please this person? Or, in fact, like... I've been challenged that perhaps sometimes people pleasing is in the place of God pleasing. And I think that's the big Mm. trouble that we can get into. Like, are we people pleasing or like, it kind of relates back to this as like, are we trying to see others as valuing us or like make others happy Mm. to be self-affirmed? And so sometimes I think, well, people please at the risk and at the expense of pleasing God. And so... I don't know whether that would be going to places where you normally shouldn't be going or even just like if I know we're kind of talking about social media a lot, but even like posting things that you think others will really like, Mm. despite it maybe being self-centered or whatever might be an example of people pleasing over God pleasing. But as Andrea said, people pleasing sometimes, that does sound like a terrible thing, but it could be also like caring for other people yeah, like genuinely being <laughs> you know? like how do I how make do I sure they're okay yeah yeah so it totally can be a good thing but I think Jesus and Tyler my husband have helped me to remember <laughs> Jesus that and Tyler. <laughs> Jesus and Tyler it's all I need are have just ties really helped me to remember that above all else I'm mm-hmm. to please and honor God above other people and so just I think it's a hard thing to be able to like mm-hmm. define the perfect sweet spot yes for like and it's gonna look differently for different personalities and you know i mean obviously jesus is always gonna exemplify everything perfectly (laughs) yes let's all look back to him right but i think the way in which that reveals itself in each person and in each relationship in life is going to be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you think this drive to be the best or considered successful, which you described even starting in elementary school, Mm -hmm. really, where do you think that comes from? Do you think our culture breeds us towards this understanding of importance in a sense? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I do feel like that is a big, big part of it. I think that, society as I kind of touched on earlier society's value and measure of value like we said we can literally measure value in according to society right like right. likes on Instagram followers on TikTok views on YouTube <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. and we've seen like very successful young people like our age who are just like millionaires because yeah they're well liked they have so many works. followers yeah it totally works but I think sometimes like let's be honest here most of the world is not in that position right? yes by far and so When we look at all the success of others, sometimes we can feel invaluable. And so we are trying to pursue value. And I think just wanting to know that we're special, Mm. you know, wanting to know that we are important or valuable. And I do think it is like a societal measurement and pressure for sure. Whereas I've been challenged that God's measures are so different than the world's. Mm. And in fact, I would say that 
the world's measures of success and value or being considered special are like set up for failure. Yeah. I'm sorry, but yes, there are some people that seem very successful out there. But Andrea and I even were saying today, everyone's got their crap, you know? <laughs> like I even say to my sister, and sometimes being in the world that I live in, there just seems like there's a lot of successful women, successful girls. It seems like they have it all together. Yep. But I hear the behind the scenes story of a lot of it. And there's a lot of depression going on, a lot of anxiety going on, a lot of distrust within marital relationships and, mm-hmm. you know, just a lot of hurt people. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a hurt person too. I don't know how people do it without Jesus sometimes. Oh, goodness. Seriously. Yeah. But I'm just saying is that I think that the world sets us up for a failure when we are pursuing and chasing after this success. And so I think that it's just like a inkling of society is to be seen as valuable when we are the best at something or even when we're given a title of some sort. Yeah. Know? I think we really pursue that title, whatever that is with a sport or whatever else, because mm-hmm. it just is like labels you as valuable it's something that's seen across society as like an olympic gold medalist if we literally want to talk about a medal but it doesn't have to be that it could be just like a school you attend or and even there are different things sometimes i feel like oh my husband dropping that you're married versus like sometimes people place different values on yeah in my own story this school thing was really Mm -hmm. significant and everyone values something else that they've associated their own identity unhealthily with that like I find myself in like I need to remind other people that this is associated with me if maybe they've forgotten it because I have this subconscious assigning of my value to it that I'm like wait if they don't see that they don't see my value and that is so contrary to truth right but like it'll be a gold medal for some Olympic athlete (laughs) literally but it'll be I don't know, mark on a test for someone else. Or even like for me, sorry, back athletics is what I relate to too. Even not playing a university sport was something that I really struggled with because I found value in that. I found value in the success of sport and being able to be honest, like when people are like, oh, did you play ball? Like I'm 5'11". They're like, when did you play volleyball? Did you play basketball? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, did you play in university? (laughs) No. No. So it's just something that like naturally if I was able to say, hey, I played volleyball in university. People are like, oh yeah, you're mm-hmm. you're really good at that, and then I feel good about it. But I don't get to say that. <laughs> you <laughs> know like, what I mean? We all want like one. I've always found this like a one sentence drop mm-hmm. that that can make maybe someone. It's almost manipulative as to how that person's going to view you. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's something that I want them to feel bad for me about, yeah. or whether it's something I want them to see value or maybe admire me for Mm -hmm. like I want something easy that'll accomplish something that Jesus has already accomplished Mm -hmm. you know but sure that's so dead on yeah I think that's perfect well perfect as far from hopefully if it's on Jesus it's close to as a human yeah as a human right so yeah you're like just testifying to this fact that the pursuit doesn't work really Mm -hmm. it doesn't fulfill yeah can you expand on that on that aspect of this so Something else that I've just heard in a sermon lately was how there's just this cycle of me trying to be noticed by Mm. other people. I want to feel special. I want to... And even like the sermon discussed how everyone is always performing for everyone else. 
but we're all performing for other people, so no one's paying attention. Who's in the audience? Exactly. It's a COVID no theater. Audience. No yeah. one's there. <laughs> no one's there. It's so true. Like, we're all performing. And even actually this sermon said, it's killing us. Like, it's literally killing us to try to perform for other people. And it's not even just a famous singer anymore. It's not a pastor. It's not a speaker. It's everyone. We all have platforms to be able yeah. to perform. Everyone's for life other. is on display. Exactly. They everyone. all are. And even like, there's no performance anxiety anymore for like, just, you know, for just the odd person. Everyone literally has it. We all are anxious to be able to give a display of our life that's worthy of viewers. Mm. Yet, oh, that's so we good. <laughs> all are performing and no one's paying attention because they are also all the people that we want to notice us are trying to be noticed themselves and how this is just a cycle that doesn't end until we see that. Wow, this is getting me nowhere. And I, my value comes from God, from who he says I am, who he's called me to be that sometimes even my plan and my purpose isn't the same as other people. Mm -hmm. And so by comparing myself to them or trying to perform for them to say, Oh, like, can you imagine someone coming up to me and being like, Kaylin, you have finally succeeded in being valuable. Like, how weird is that? But is that what we want? Like, for people to come up... And would that even be enough? No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. And that's exactly it, is that it never is enough. And it just gets tiring. If you're tired because you're trying to do that, now you know why. (laughs) Welcome to the club. Yeah, Yeah. welcome to the club of the learning. It's so obvious, you know, when when you actually speak it out. Like, no one actually cares about me as much as I care about myself, honestly, fundamentally, except for Jesus yeah. and except for the people who are able to love you through the power of mm-hmm. Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. But you've spoken to me too about how even if you are working, you're not ever fully going to be the best anyway. Mm-hmm. Like no, someone's always better, right? Yeah, it's so true. And even if you were... That wouldn't be the answer. No, no, <laughs> no like, it wouldn't. Yeah. We've heard of very successful people just coming to an absolute halt in their life or mm-hmm. just like, you know, having breakdowns because they thought, oh, once I'm the best in the world, like I will feel contentment. Right. And they don't. Mm-hmm. And so they just are like, now I don't know what to do with myself anymore. And they often come crashing down because of that mm-hmm. until they find Justin Bieber. I mean, Jesus. Clarify. Like Justin Bieber. <laughs> like Justin Bieber. Jesus is the answer. Not Justin Not Bieber. Not Justin Bieber. Anyway. But he's found the answer. To, yes. Yeah. So what truth found in Christ do you think most effectively combats the lies perpetuated by the best culture? What are your tools? Yeah. So, you know what? Let's get straight back to the Bible is my thought. Uh, That uh, I have actually, in times of my life where I've struggled with my value, I have actually just had a printout or sticky notes of scriptures Mm. and truth of who God says that I am. I've encouraged some young women who I... I'm a youth leader for to do the same. Just when you're not like the truth of who God says you are never changes. And Mm. the Bible is where we can go for that truth. But sometimes we do lose sight of it or we don't believe it to be true for ourselves. But I'm pretty sure I heard that it's like a scientific fact that when 
you are unhappy if you force yourself to like smile multiple times, yeah. you'll eventually feel happy, right? It's like power poses, exactly. right? So if you drive by my car and I'm just smiling at no one, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm making myself feel happy. And it yeah. seriously works. Or you start laughing at yourself and think this is the dumbest thing ever and then you're happy. So it works either way. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's true. But all to say is when you don't believe it, say it anyway. Speak Mm. out the truth. Speak out the truth over who God says you are. So, and a big thing of this and giving up on gold is just understanding that we are a new creation. We live with new purpose when we're in Christ. And so some of the scripture that just reminds us of that, one of them is found 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Another one is Galatians 5 verse 20, or sorry, 2 verse 20. I can't read my own writing sometimes. (laughs) I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So when we accept Jesus into our lives, it is no longer about us. And how refreshing is that, that we don't have to be running in this race towards failure anymore? (laughs) Like, how awful is that? Mm -hmm. We can just give it up. We know that Christ died for us. We are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. We can start afresh. We can start afresh. I'd even argue we can start afresh every day Mm. because we continue to mess up. Another one that I really liked is Romans 12 verse 2. It is, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good pleasing and perfect will that we're no longer called to live in conformity in the way that society tells us to live but that we're able to set a new standard Mm -hmm. of how we live life and that is found in the bible and andrea the the focus of upside down podcast here um has been in first corinthians one and two chapters one and two and so a part that stood out to me in reference to this Mm -hmm. Teaching was 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26 to 31, and it kind of just touches on how God uses our weaknesses, and I even say our perceived weaknesses. Yeah, according his, to according the to world. the world. Totally. Like, who says that a weakness is a weakness except by the world standard? And I believe God uses those perceived weaknesses for his good and his glory. And it talks about that there in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26 to 31, just how when we feel weak, And when we feel inadequate, it even talks about how, um, sorry, I'm just going to flip to it here. Oh, yeah. Because I like (laughs) the word of the Lord. Uh, Yeah, it says, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, right? Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Mm -hmm. So, wow, we do not have to be influential in the eyes of the world. We don't have to be wise. We don't have to be anything like that is considered valuable in the world. And God wants to use what is seen as foolish for his kingdom and his glory, just an ordinary person and even better, a failure of a person. Yeah. That's even just as you're reading that, I mean, you know, I've read this so many times, but like, that's the spirit. Hey, giving new meaning Mm -hmm. every time I like, it's not only, Oh, the mediocre or the Mm non-successful things of the world. It's the foolish things, like the things that are so far from what are considered wise by the world standards Mm -hmm. are what God 
says are what he infuses his power through to be truly wise and to mm-hmm. have the impact of the spirit of God and the kingdom of God. It's just like, I just can never understand it fully. And like, mm-hmm. I just can't grasp how profound, how profoundly countercultural it all is, you know? Mm-hmm. It's so true. And one thing I wanted to touch on too is in this giving up on gold, it is not just not trying anymore. It's yeah. not just like, oh my goodness, I can't do that. Or even like understanding that's not what God called me to. So I'm just like going to give up and not try anymore. Doesn't like, matter. No. Yeah. yeah. God is a God of excellence. And even in Colossians 3 verse 23, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord and not for man. So we are still working hard. We are still pursuing excellence. Because yeah. that glorifies him totally. too. He created us. Totally. Like He's a creator who created people to create and to mm-hmm. contribute to human flourishing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like in the garden, that's part of one of the main things that mm-hmm. he's like, go forth and, and multiply and, sure. and, you know, cultivate this, this world, mm-hmm. right? We're doing that with excellence. That's so, such a good point to really mm-hmm. put in contrast to this. It doesn't mean, oh, it doesn't matter. You're fine. It yeah, means just like live life doing nothing now. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, yeah. It means no, like just do it for me. Yeah. No, just do it for the praise of God and not for the praise of man. I mm. think that's kind of what it comes down to. Oh, that's well said. Just let that resonate for a second. <laughs> okay, so I want to ask you the question that was thematic for the show, particularly on this topic. What in the upside-down kingdom of God offers the greatest sigh of relief from the up-and-down reality of culture? Mm-hmm. So I got to bring it back. When uh, we were talking about just the topic that I would share about today. What came to mind is this book by Max Licato, and it's called You Are Special. I haven't read it for a long time, but I went Such back. Such sentimental value. I, <laughs> I do recommend, go listen to it on YouTube. I yeah. think there's audiobook, but it's called You Are Special, and it just talks about how all, it's figurative of God in, in us people in the world and how they would go around, and if they thought that someone was special or worthy or awesome, whatever, they'd put a gold star on them. And if they thought they didn't like them or they weren't worthy or whatever, they'd put a black dot on that person. So all these people would go around often, there would be a trend that they'd have a lot of gold stars or a lot Mm -hmm. of black dots. And so how the story ends is there's this one person walking around that has no stickers on them. They have no dots, they have no stars. And so one of the, the other figures in the book wants to find out, well, what is, what's that all about? Why don't they have any stickers stuck on them? And and so they go into the woodcarver's shop. He is the... They're all little wooden figures. It's pretty cute. To clarify, it is a children's book. I realize that we maybe never said that. It is not a novel. Yeah, but children's books are so... When truth is boiled down to speak to children, man, Mm -hmm. we need to hear it as adults. Sure, yeah. And so anyway, they go into the woodworker's shop and just ask, hey, like, because this is the woodworker who created all of them, Mm -hmm. said, why does this girl have no stickers on them? And the quote that the woodworker makes is just so incredible and something that I think we can apply to our lives. And he says, she has decided that what I think is more important than what they think. And that the stickers only stick if you let them stick. And so I think for us, it's just saying the words of others and even their thoughts of how valuable or invaluable we are will only stick if we let them stick. Mm. And so 
in knowing and understanding already that we are important in the eyes of God, our creator. That is essentially all that we need to know to know that we are valuable and the stickers of what others think of us just fall off. They don't matter anymore. We're able to live in freedom of who God calls us. We're able to live in freedom of the opinions of others. And so I think that right there is definitely worthy of a sigh of relief. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it makes me emotional just really like thinking about the implications of that, mm-hmm. you know, the freedom found there. And if we radically let that impact our heart and our life, mm-hmm. how glorified would Jesus be by that if all of his people were going around just having all their value in him. Mm-hmm. That would be radical. Sure, yeah. Oh, Kaylin, that was <laughs> so, so rich and valuable. And just thank you so much for being willing to share truth so biblically based and from the heart of God. Yeah, would I be able to pray over you? And then if you're comfortable, I'd just love for you to pray over the listeners. Hi, guys, Mm -hmm. those those of you listening, because we know, we hope you're a big part of this and are able to just share in these truths and implementations as we are learning, (laughs) too. So, okay, I'll pray over Mm -hmm. you, Lord, I just thank you so much for the gift of this time, the gift of this friendship in my own life, and the gift of Kaylin to the world. You have put your spirit in her, and it is so clear that you are speaking through her and that she has given her heart and her life to glorifying you and that you have promised to finish the work that you have begun in her. And I just pray that as she has testified to So many things that you have taught her in all the behind the scenes that has equipped her to be able to speak to all the things today. I pray that you would continue to do a work in her heart, that you would continue to let her apply these things for her to understand her value in you, that the stickers would fall off of her, that she would be able to be a beacon pointing towards you by her life and not just these words that she shared today. I can resonate with just the reality that I have seen that as her friend as being true. And I just pray that you would work through her to everyone else in her life and that you continue to just be over her marriage and be over where you have called her to excellence in her life, but that that would not glorify her, but that it would glorify you and that you would just center her heart there, Lord. Yeah, I thank you so much for your faithfulness and your goodness and that you are a God that we are able to know and celebrate today. Thank you. And I'm just going to pray over you listeners here. Dear God, I just thank you for everyone who has listened through this podcast today, God. And I thank you that you are with them in this moment, God, that you have purposed it, that they have heard this today, Father, and that you would just open up their hearts to hear from you. God, I just pray that they would take these words to heart, that they would be able to no longer look around them, Father, for meaning, for purpose, for value, for significance, God, but they would know that in you, they are already seen as valuable. They're already seen as worthy, God, because of you, Jesus, within them. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace for us, God, in Mm. learning these things, Mm. in that we do not have to go away today even being perfect in this, but that our eyes would just be opened to understanding, Father, that we would desire to know and understand your love and your value that you have put upon us, Father. I thank you that 
Just like in this book, God, that the stickers of society would not stick on these these young people listening, even <laughs> all the people. <laughs> yeah, to all. Um, yes, mm. that they would just, they would see their value that comes from you, Christ, and not not from others around them. God, I thank you, Jesus, for being with them today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we discuss how God's upside-down kingdom reveals itself amidst a culture of exhausting ups and downs. It is our prayer that through this podcast, you know more of Jesus, have grown in love for Jesus, and continue to experience the sigh of relief found only in Him. And I expect every lesson will only reveal the unexpected. Again, turning upside.